Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, it's the Reading Bug. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and The Christmas Pig by J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series. It's a perfect family read-aloud for this holiday season. You can purchase A Christmas Pig at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thanks to Scholastic for their support. A very happy Thanksgiving to all of our U.S. listeners. This week, we're replaying our Thanksgiving adventure to help celebrate the holiday, and so all of us can take a little time off. But we'll be back with the final episodes of the season starting next week. Reading Bug Adventures is written, performed, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore in San Carlos, California. We are incredibly thankful for all of you. This podcast is a labor of love for all of us, and your pictures, notes, visits, and kind words continue to warm our hearts. Thank you for your support. Now, I know that some of you, I'm not naming names, haven't finished up your holiday shopping yet. It's okay. We're all busy. But shipping and supply chains are all strained this year, so why not let the amazing team at The Reading Bug take all the stress out of your holiday shopping? Purchase a Reading Bug Box subscription at readingbugbox.com or shop from millions of books and gifts, recommendations, and care packages at thereadingbug.com. We're working hard to make sure everything ships in plenty of time for the holidays, but make sure you place your orders as soon as possible. Thank you. We just love inspiring a lifelong love of reading by choosing the perfect books and gifts for every child. Thank you to our sponsors, our individual patrons, and to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for our podcast. Okay, reader, are you ready for another Thanksgiving adventure with the reading bug, the spelling bee, and me? Great! Then let's fly! It's time for a reading bug adventure! It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. I'm so thankful that you decided to join me in The Reading Bug on another adventure today. Every adventure we take together is exciting, fun, and unique. And there's no one I'd rather have by my side than you. And The Reading Bug, of course. But... She's not by our side at all. She was supposed to be here with us, but I don't know where she is. You haven't seen her, have you? Come on, follow me, just over here. I am sure they'll be thrilled to see you again. Hi, Lauren. Hi, reader. Sorry to be running late. But look, I brought a special friend with me, the spelling bee. Hi, reader. Hi, Lauren. It's wonderful to see you all again. W-O-N-D-E-R-R. F-U-L. You know, it's lucky that I was there to remind the reading bug that we had an adventure date with you today, or else we may never have made it. She was reading a book and lost track of time again. Spelling Bee, what a wonderful surprise. And don't worry, we haven't been waiting long. I've got a really, really special adventure planned today. 
and I didn't want the spelling bee to miss it. This time of year and this adventure is one to share with close family and friends by your side. And you're all my closest friends after all. That's really kind of you to say, Reading Bug. You're our close friend too. And we're thrilled to go on another adventure with the spelling bee, aren't we, Reader? But now I'm curious. What is it about today's adventure that makes it one to share with close friends? We always have fun on our adventures together, but is this one somehow unique? Oh yes, Lauren, it is. Do you think you can guess where we'll be adventuring? How about if I tell you the titles of some of the books in my book bag? And you can see if you can guess where we'll be going. You know I love playing that guessing game. Spelling Bee, do you know where we're going today? Nope, I don't know anything. So I'll be guessing too. Okay, ready? Here are the titles of three books that I just finished reading. I brought them with me in my book bag. The Berenstein Bears Harvest Festival by Mike Berenstein, The Story of the Pilgrims by Catherine Ross, and Squanto's Journey by Joseph Bruchuk. Any guesses, reader? Hmm, the first book is about a harvest festival, another book is about pilgrims, and Squanto's Journey sounds like it might be about Native Americans, doesn't it? I'm going to guess that our adventure today has something to do with the pilgrims who came to America hundreds of years ago. What do you think, reader? Reading Bug, maybe you can tell us the titles of a couple more books in your book bag to help us guess? Sure thing, Lauren. I've got Holidays Around the World Celebrate Thanksgiving by Deborah Hilligman and What Was the First Thanksgiving by Joan Holub. That should help you guess. Oh, I've got it! If your books are about Thanksgiving, then could we maybe be going to the place where the pilgrims celebrated the very first Thanksgiving, Plymouth, Massachusetts? Am I right? Is that it? Yes, yes, yes! What a great guess, Lauren! But I want to have a really special adventure, so we're not just visiting Plymouth today. We'll be traveling back in time almost 400 years to 1621 which is when the pilgrims who traveled to America and the Native American Indians who already lived there celebrated Thanksgiving for the first time together. Oh, wow! How exciting, Reading Bug! And you're right, Thanksgiving is a very special holiday to spend with friends and family you're most thankful for. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I love everything about it, especially when my whole family gets together in one place for a yummy feast. Grandparents, children, nieces, and nephews all celebrate together. We play soccer outside in the afternoon and board games inside after we finish our amazing Thanksgiving dinner. I love helping to make the dinner and I really love eating it. The turkey and dressing, mashed potatoes and gravy, sweet potatoes with little marshmallows on top, and my favorite part, of course, pumpkin pie and vanilla ice cream for dessert. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. That's right, Lauren. Families in the United States of America celebrate Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday in November each year. But we're not the only ones with a Thanksgiving tradition. I read that many Americans think that Thanksgiving is only an American holiday, but it's one of many harvest festivals that have been celebrated all over the world for thousands of years. Harvest festivals? What are those, Reading Bug? Oh, that's easy. A harvest festival is a celebration that occurs around the time of a main harvest in a country, when the food crops are collected from the field. Right! And no matter where they are held, harvest festivals are usually celebrated by people taking a day off from work to have parties where they make and eat lots of food. Because of the differences in weather, crops, and seasons, 
Harvest festivals are celebrated during different months in different countries. For example, I read in We Gather Together by Wendy Pfeffer that Jewish families have gathered together at harvest time for over 3,000 years to celebrate Sukkot, an eight-day festival of Thanksgiving, and in Nigeria, Africa, the Igbo-speaking community has had a fall festival to give thanks for yams for over 700 years. In China, people celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is also known as the Moon Festival because the moon is at its roundest and brightest in the fall. And in January of each year, for the last 2,000 years, people in southern India have celebrated Pongal, a four-day rice festival. Wow! Who knew there were Thanksgivings all around the world? Maybe we can travel to some of them on our adventures. Great idea, Lauren. But today's adventure is to a very specific Thanksgiving celebration, the one that inspired the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. When English pilgrims, that's a word for someone who goes on a long trip, join the local Native Americans for a feast to give thanks for the harvest together. I can't wait to get started. Let's get going. Not so fast, Lauren. We're traveling to a time that's a lot more primitive and a lot more dangerous than our own. The forests there are filled with lots of wild animals like moose, elk, coyote, wolves, and even bears. There are also hunters, trappers, traders, and pirates roaming about, many of whom would steal from other people they encountered who looked smaller or weaker than they were. And the weather could be pretty awful. During the pilgrims' first year in Plymouth, there were hurricanes, thunderstorms, snowstorms, and flash floods. Because of all those dangers, only one half of the pilgrims who traveled from England to America survived through their first winter. Yikes! You're right, Reading Bug. We need to stretch out our bodies so that we're more focused, stronger, and more nimble for our dangerous journey. Let's all stretch out together. Everybody stand up, unless you're buckled into your car, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Ooh yeah, I feel T-R-E-M-E-N-D-O-U-S. Tremendous! Thank you for those stretches. Lauren, reader, are you ready to start our adventure? Absolutely. But before we go, one last thing. Did you bring your paper and crayons with you, reader? I have a feeling we'll be seeing and doing a lot of incredible things on our trip back in time today. Who knows? We might see the Mayflower, the ship that brought the pilgrims to America, the Native Americans who inhabited the land that is now the United States, or all the foods that the pilgrims and Native Americans ate at the first Thanksgiving feast. Just like the illustrations in our favorite books, pictures are how we can remember our visit to Plymouth and share it with friends and family even after our adventure together ends. I'll play coloring music at the end of the adventure for you to color to, but you can color anything you want at any time. And if you need more time, just pause our adventure. There won't be any crayons or markers, and there was probably very little paper hundreds of years ago in Plymouth. So we better bring them along with us. If you didn't remember paper and crayons, you can just grab them now, or get them once the coloring music starts at the end of the adventure. 
Now, is everyone ready to go? Great. Spelling Bee, can you say the magic words to open up the book bag today? It would be my honor. H-O-N-O-R. Magic book bag. We'd really like to travel today to a place in a time far, far away. Take us back, please, to where we'll be reliving the very first feast of the Pilgrim Thanksgiving. Look, reader, it's working. The Reading Bug's magic book bag is opening up bigger and bigger, big enough to fit us all inside. And there are pictures, stories, and music, and more swirling all around in there from all the books about the first Thanksgiving that the Reading Bug brought with her. What do you see inside the book bag, reader? I see an enormous wooden ship with three tall masts and sails bouncing up and down in the middle of a scary rainstorm with lightning flashing all around it. And I see men and women dressed in red, brown, green, blue, and violet clothes. The men have on floppy hats and fitted jackets over white shirts with big lace collars. And the women are wearing linen caps, long skirts, and aprons. I see them too, Bee, but look there. I see another group of men and women too. They are wearing necklaces made out of bones and shells and headpieces with tall, colorful feathers. The men and the boys are wearing leggings made from animal skins, and the women and girls are wearing animal skin skirts. You're right, Lauren. Those must be the Native Americans who lived in Plymouth long before the Mayflower ever landed there. And, oh boy, oh boy, look! There's lots and lots of strange words floating around in the bag. Words that I've never seen before, but I'm excited to learn. Like Wampanoag, Massasoit, Patoxit, Nakomo, and Wetu. What fun! Is everybody ready? Let's go back in time to celebrate the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving. On the count of three, jump into the book bag with me. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Reader, it's working. Look what's happening. Everything is changing before our eyes. And my watch is counting backwards as we travel back in time. Our neighborhood has completely disappeared. And in its place, I can see the massive ship from the book bag docked in the harbor. Next to the harbor, there's a tiny village. That must be Plymouth. Look, reader. I see a large square building with a flat roof. And on the top of the roof, there are six cannons facing out in different directions. Here we go. Onwards to Plymouth. Hey, wait. What's happening? Reading Bug, your book bag isn't stopping at Plymouth. We're flying right over it. Did we miss our destination? Where's the book bag taking us? I'm sure I don't know. But wherever it's taking us, we're there. Look, the lights and pictures have stopped flashing and everything is perfectly still. But if we're not in the village of Plymouth, where are we? There's only one way to find out, I'm afraid. Everybody out of the book bag, but stay close and be careful. Remember, it can be dangerous out there. Okay, reader, you heard the reading bug. Let's hop out of the book bag and see where we are. Great, but where are we? It's pretty dark out here. 
I think because we're in the middle of a dense forest. Look around. There's tall trees everywhere blocking the sun from reaching us. I don't know, Reading Bug. It's a little creepy here. Shh. What was that? I think I heard something moving in the short bushes right behind us. It startled me. S-T-A-R-T-L-E-D. Listen. Lauren, reading bug, reader. I don't think we're alone. There's someone or something nearby. I think you're right, B. And here it comes. Ay, Cochetta. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, reader. It's a boy dressed in animal skins. And look, he has a bow and arrow pointed directly at us. Cochetta, to not Kotome. He looks angry. Or afraid? I can't understand what he's saying. I'm afraid he's going to shoot his arrow at us if we don't do something and fast. Please, little boy, we're friends. Friends! Yes, that's right. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug, and the spelling bee, and our reader friend. Do you understand? We're here in peace. Yes, yes, I understand you spirit creatures. My name is Little Bear of the Wampanoag, the people of the first light. How is it that you insects and oddly dressed souls came to be able to speak Algonquian, the language of my people and me. Algonquian? We don't speak that language. And if he's Wampanoag, how is it that he's speaking such perfect English? I think this must be book bag magic. We're speaking completely different languages, and yet we understand each other perfectly. Little Bear, we are not spirits, just friends and travelers on an adventure together. Would you mind putting down your bow and arrow so that we can explain? Friends and travelers? Like those that call themselves the pilgrims? Well, not exactly. We are from this land, but 400 years in the future. We live in North America, here just like you do. But our country, the United States of America, is not yet in existence in your time. North America? United States? I don't know these strange words. My people, the Wampanoag, have lived on these lands for 12,000 years. This is our land and not yours. We have seen travelers of all kinds, good and bad. Lauren, that makes sense. In Magic Treehouse Pilgrims, the author says that Massachusetts was inhabited by a native people called the Wampanoag when the pilgrims arrived from England. The pilgrims weren't the first visitors from other lands. For almost 100 years before the pilgrims arrived, explorers, traders, and fishermen visited the country they called New England here. Sometimes they went about their business peacefully, respecting and working with the natives. But some visitors treated the Wampanoag badly. Scared of these strangers in strange clothing, the visitors would shoot the Wampanoag people without reason. They stole their corn and their furs, and they even captured some of them, stealing them from their homes and families. You are not pilgrims, then? Nope. Many moons ago, a large ship landed on our shore, filled with people who called themselves pilgrims. Can you tell me what this word means? Sure, little bear. A pilgrim, P-I-L-G-R-I-M, is someone who has gone on a very long trip. The pilgrims on the ship you saw made a very long journey by boat from England to your shores. And little bear, we are here for a very special reason. We have traveled many miles and many years to attend the Thanksgiving celebration today. Can you help us out of this dark forest and take us to it? Thanksgiving? Yes, of course. We are very close. Follow me and I'll lead you to the celebration where we can give thanks together for our new friendship. Thank you, little bear. That's very kind of you. Let's go. Right this way. 
Little Bear, if you and the other Wampanoags speak Algonquian, how is it that you're able to communicate and trade with pilgrims and other travelers who speak English and other languages? We have learned many of the ways and languages of the travelers who visit here. And we have also learned to be cautious with people, like you, who are not like us and do not know our ways. The son of the leader of the Patuxet, named Squanto, was once kidnapped by an English sea captain, who sold him into slavery, and word of his capture spread throughout the land. Captured? That's terrible! Yes. Squanto was forced to live in a country called Spain for six winters, where he worked hard. Then, when Squanto was finally freed, he traveled to England, where he learned more of the English language. Homesick, Squanto convinced another English sea captain that he could be of use to him in New England if the captain allowed him to join them on their voyage, and he traveled back here to his homeland. Here he was happy to be back until he learned that the white traders had brought with them a great illness that killed most of the Patuxet, including everyone in his family. On his own, with no home or family, Squanto moved to our village, and there he has taught some of us how to speak English also, allowing us to communicate with the pilgrims who have built their village in place where Squanto's village once stood. Speaking a shared language has helped us to avoid misunderstandings and conflict. What a sad story. Does Squanto still live with you? No, Squanto is no longer here. After the pilgrims arrived, Samoset, the sachem of the Pimaquid people who lived farther up the coast, visited them. He spoke very little English, so to communicate, he showed them the two arrows in his hand, one with the head made of flint and the other with the arrowhead removed, symbolizing his offer to the pilgrim people, either war or peace. In response, the pilgrims placed a coat about Samoset's shoulders to warm him and give him water, biscuits, butter, pudding, and cheese. The pilgrims told Samoset they were starving, that many of them had died, and that they needed our help. When Samoset came to tell our people, we decided to help them. More than 60 of our warriors returned to the pilgrim village several days later, including Squanto, to help translate. Squanto stayed behind to teach the pilgrims how to hunt and fish. He has shown them the plants in the forest that they can eat for survival, and how to plant corn and other crops to keep them from starving. Because of Squanto, we are now living in peace with our pilgrim neighbors, and the pilgrims are beginning to thrive. Just a few more steps, and you'll be out of the forest and back into the light of Grandfather Sun. Ah, uh, that's much better, isn't it, Reader? It's a warm, sunny day, but you wouldn't know it inside the dark, wet forest. I sure wish I brought my sunglasses. It's so bright that I can't see anything at all yet. Morin, Reader, I think you'll be surprised when your eyes adjust to the sunlight. This definitely isn't the village we saw from my book bag. I don't think we're in Plymouth. My new friends, welcome to my village. Your village? Little Bear, I thought we were going to Plymouth to visit the pilgrims. Plymouth is the village we know as Patuxet. And yes, that is where the pilgrims now live. But you asked to be taken to the Thanksgiving celebration. So we're in my village, Pecanicut. The village is pretty small. There's a large, long rectangular house in the middle with a number of smaller round structures that look like domes scattered around it. Little Bear, what are those round structures? Those are our homes, Lauren. They are made from grass and bark that we gather from the nearby fields and trees. We call our homes wigwams or Witu. And what is that long rectangular house? That is our longhouse. It is where the members of my village have meetings. The fields around the buildings look like they've recently been harvested. But I still see some green and yellow corn stalks and a few orange pumpkins growing on vines that cover the ground. Look! 
Little Bear, a meeting must be starting soon because all of the people in your village are walking toward the Longhouse, and some of them have already gone inside. That means we've arrived just in time. Follow me. Are you ready? Ready for what? Ready to join the Thanksgiving celebration. The Wampanoag celebrate Thanksgiving every day, but this is the time of year when we have a very special Thanksgiving celebration called Nikomo, when we celebrate the harvest of the crops that will feed us during the cold winter months ahead. That's why everyone is headed to the Longhouse. Our chief, Massasoit, is about to start our Nikomo celebration, and you will be my guests. Reader, reading bug, B. Little Bear thinks we came to celebrate Thanksgiving with the Wampanoag, but we're here to celebrate with the pilgrims, and there are no pilgrims anywhere in sight. But if we tell Little Bear, we may hurt his feelings. What should we do? Remember what we talked about before we started our adventure? People all over the world hold their own Thanksgiving celebrations, and they've been doing it much longer than the people who now live in the United States. Why don't we join the Nakomo celebration for now and see how the Wampanoag celebrate? Later, we can ask Little Bear to take us to Plymouth to join the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving celebration. I love Nakomo more than any celebration during the year. We spend the day with friends and family, and we dance, we eat, we play games, we tell stories, and we sing a lot. I love to sing, and of course, we eat so much food. Turkey, corn, stewed pumpkins, lobster, and duck are some of my favorites. Reading Bug, that sounds a lot like why I love our Thanksgiving so much. I'm glad we decided to stay. It will be fun to learn more about Nakomo. Great Spirit, we give you our thanks every day for Grandfather Son who lights our way. We thank you for the corn that keeps us alive and the deer, bear, and wolf who give their lives to provide our people with all that we need to survive. Everything that exists on Earth we share with the creatures who swim in the sea and fly through the air. There is no mine or yours or them or they, just we who thank you on this special day for the moonbeams and stars that help guide our way. That was beautiful. It sounded a lot like a prayer. It is a prayer, Lauren. The Wampanoag religion is called spiritualism. They believe that Mother Earth is their god, and every day, and especially at Nakomo, they thank the Earth, the Sun, the Moon, and the plants, the animals, and all the living things for the gifts of food, warmth, shelter, and light that they give to the people. And look at the man leading the prayer reader. He's dressed in an animal skin like the rest of the men here, but he's also wearing a great chain of white bone beads around his neck, see? His face is also painted with red. Little Bear, who is that? That is our Sachem. His name is Matasoit. Hmm, what a great word. Sachem. S-A-C-H-E-M. A Sachem is the leader, or chief, of a Wampanoag village. That's right, B. Sachem were selected by the people of the tribe based on their strength, intellect, integrity, and leadership skills. So they're very smart and very well respected. Matasoit is a man but I read that not all the sachem were men. Some Wampanoag tribes selected women as their sachem. Women leaders? That sounds so modern. It was, especially compared to the pilgrims. Pilgrim women didn't even have the right to vote, so there were a lot of differences between the two cultures from the very start. The way they dressed, the food they grew, prepared, and ate, the languages they spoke, 
Almost everything about them was different. Oh, the reading bug and I know all about being different. Don't we, reading bug? We sure do. My body is red and mine is yellow. I love being loud while my tone is mellow. to know that although you and I are very different, we can still be friends. I'm thankful today for having found you in the forest. Thorin, reader, bee, look! Mazasoy is looking right at us. I think he heard us singing. Do you think he's angry we're here? Little Bear, are we allowed to be at your Nakomo celebration? Of course you're allowed. This is the time to celebrate with friends. But Masasoy is rightfully protective of his people, and he's probably wondering why you're here with me in your strange clothes. We'll speak with him later. We have plenty of time. The Nakomo celebration will be several days long. Several days? Oh, but Little Bear, our time here is limited. Please thank Secha Masasoyet from the bottom of our hearts. We are so grateful that we were here for the beginning of Nakomo. But we must return to our own friends and family before the end of the day. And there was something we really wanted to experience before we go. Do you think you might be able to help? Of course, Lauren. I will assist you in any way I can. What is it you need? Little Bear, we'd love to continue celebrating Nakomo with you in your village, but we didn't travel here today to celebrate Nakomo. We didn't even know about the Wampanoag Thanksgiving celebration until you introduced us to it. We traveled here today to join the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving. You see, Children in the United States learn about the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving in school. And we celebrate Thanksgiving every year on the fourth Thursday of November. Attending the first Thanksgiving was the very special treat we were trying to accomplish on our adventure today. I see, but Lauren, I cannot take you to the Pilgrims' village. Your lives and mine will be in great danger if we do. Great danger? But why, Little Bear? I thought you told us that the Wampanoag and the Pilgrims had agreed to be friends with the help of Squanto. Yes, we did, and we have been living peacefully with our new pilgrim neighbors until one of the pilgrim's young children, a boy named Oceanus, went missing from Patuxet, or Plymouth, as the pilgrims call it. Reader, Lauren, B. I read in Magic Treehouse Fact Tracker, Pilgrims, that just one baby was born on the Mayflower, a boy named Oceanus Hopkins. 
He'd be a toddler now, of course. But that must be the lost boy that Little Bear is talking about. A lost toddler? With these scary dark forests all around? Oh, how awful. Maybe we could help the pilgrims look for him. No, no, it's too dangerous. Squanto has helped us keep peace with the pilgrims for many months. But now they think that we have stolen their child, and they are very angry. We, of course, would not harm their children, but they blame us anyways. The chief of the pilgrims, Governor William Bradford, has warned that they will attack our village with their fire sticks if we do not give the boy back. But we do not have the boy, so we don't know what to do. If we go to Plymouth without bringing the lost boy with us, we will almost certainly be stopped and captured by the pilgrims. As much as I, too, would like to help you, I'm afraid there's nothing that we can do. But we have to try. We can't just let Oceanus wander alone and face dangerous wolves or bears or other animals. Little Bear, do you have any idea where little Oceanus might be? Maybe we could go look without you. The pilgrims don't think we've done anything wrong. And if we ever find him, maybe we can help them see you're not to blame either. The fields where the pilgrims grow their vegetables lie between their homes and the forest. And I fear Oceanus must have wandered into the forest while his family was harvesting their crops. Sadly, these pilgrims do not know how to find anything in the forest. They can't track deer or turkeys or even rabbits without our help. So they certainly won't be able to find a lost little boy. I fear the worst, and you're right. We cannot let the young pilgrim boy face grave danger alone, but I will not let you travel alone. To face the dangers of Brother Wolf and Brother Bear, or to lose your way when Grandfather Sun is hidden by the forest trees, I will go with you. If there's a chance we can find him, we'll have to try. Follow me to the forest, but let's keep our distance from the pilgrim village to avoid capture. Already Grandfather Sun is sitting low in the sky. The clouds are darkening, and the weather is turning colder. Keep quiet and alert. Listen for any sound that might be the pilgrim boy, or may indicate danger from pilgrims or a hungry wolf or bear. Hurry. We'll need to walk quickly if we want to find Oceanus by nightfall. Hungry wolves and bears? Reader, this Thanksgiving adventure is getting pretty scary. Are you ready to head into the forest with Little Bear and face whatever dangers await us there? If we don't go, the pilgrims may never find their little lost boy, Oceanus. And if they blame the Wampanoag for his disappearance, there may not even be a first Thanksgiving. We have to follow Little Bear and help, don't we? Okay, but before we go, I'm going to pause our adventure for a brief message about today's sponsor. Don't go anywhere. The Reading Bug and I will be right back in just one minute. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much more in the hundreds of episodes of The Past and the Curious. You know, quite often people will say to me, Mick, my kid loves your show. But you know what? I love your show too. And that's what it's all about. Bringing grown-ups and kids together to learn and laugh while they discover new stories about underwear saving people's lives the origin of the swimsuit, or figures like inventor Garrett Morgan, astronomer Mariah Mitchell, or spy and baseball player Mo Berg. So if you want to get hip to the show, you can find The Past and the Curious in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. Hello, families. 
Get ready for a thrilling adventure with Culture Kids Podcast. Join us as we unlock wonders of the world, embarking on a journey through culture, traditions, and languages, all while having a blast with your whole family. We cover different topics, like different greetings around the world, and K-pop, Texas barbecue, and even Pokemon! Ignite curiosity, broaden horizons, and inspire empathy in your children with interviews from people all over the world, providing diverse perspectives that your whole family can learn from. Let Culture Kids Podcast be your passport to a global education where learning and fun go hand in hand. And that's Culture Kids Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Got it. See you there. Today's episode of Reading Book Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and Cat Kid Comic Club, Perspectives, the new graphic novel from Dave Pilkey, the creator of Dogman. <laughs> Cat Kid, always getting into trouble. <laughs> so, so silly. Reading Bug, are you reading the second book in the Cat Kid Comic Club too? I haven't been able to put it down. Yes, yes, yes. Lauren, you know me. The very second a new Dave Pilkey book releases, I'm at our bookstore to read it. I don't think I can even count how many times I've read Dogman, and now I'm really into Cat Kid. Aren't graphic novels great? I'm a very visual person, and I just love all the illustrations, and I like to read them again and again, just like you, Reading Bug. Yes, and the Baby Frog's mini-comics in this book are great, too. Did you know that Dave uses all kinds of paints, watercolors, colored pencils, and even photography in these books to create the hilarious shenanigans in Cat Kid? I didn't know that, Bug. I do know that graphic novels take a long time to create because there's so many pictures and words to go along with them. Yes, and I've been waiting for Cat Kid 2 for so long. Come, dive in with me. Okay, Reading Bug. Want to read it aloud? You know I do. You can purchase Cat Kid Comic Club Perspectives at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thanks to Scholastic for their ongoing support. Reader, welcome back. I'm so glad to see you again and so thankful to have you on this adventure with me, the reading bug, the spelling bee, and our new friend, Little Bear. I'm thankful because you are a friend and a fellow adventurer, of course, but also because Little Bear has volunteered to lead us through the dark forest where we could encounter a hungry bear or a wolf, and we definitely won't want to face those dangers alone. Lauren, don't worry. I'm confident I can keep us safe. It is true that there are wolves and bears in our forest, but there's also moose, deer, otters, beavers, and other animals who might make their home here. The Wampanoag hunt these animals because they provide us with the leather skins that we wear, and the furs that keep us warm, and the food that keeps us alive. Animals are very good at hiding, but I and other Wampanoag are able to track animals by searching for signs that they have moved through the forest before us, and the fresh snow on the ground and the cold air means that nothing can pass by without leaving prints. If there are animals nearby, I will know. Thank you, Little Bear. I do feel safe for having you here. I know you're risking a lot taking us into the forest like this. That's right. Reader, remember that there's a young boy named Oceanus missing from the Pilgrim Village. And even though the Pilgrims and Wampanoag have been living peacefully, the Pilgrims believe Little Bear's people, the Wampanoag, may have taken the boy and are threatening violence. 
Little Bear agreed to take us into the forest to help search for Oceanus. But if the pilgrims find Little Bear before we find Oceanus, the pilgrims might blame Little Bear and take him prisoner. Thank you for leading our way, Little Bear. I could not let you enter the forest alone, and I do not have confidence that the pilgrims possess the tracking ability to find their lost child. Together, we may be able to help rescue Oceanus before any harm befalls him. What was that sound? It sounds T-E-R-R-I-F-Y-I-N-G. Terrifying! Shh! No one move. Stay very still and quiet. Look, Lauren. Here. See this scat underneath the tree in front of us? Scat? What is scat? Oh, I read about scat and what do they do with all that poo? By Jane Kurtz. Scat is just another name for animal poo. P-O-O? Yuck! Yes, we can tell what kinds of animals have been here from their scat and how recently. Sounds pretty recent to me. Whatever is making that noise is close by. Oh, look over there, little bear. The twigs and grass are broken and flattened. Is that a sign that an animal has been here before us? Very good, Lauren. Yes, and if you can bend over so that your head is almost touching the ground, you can also see the tracks in the snow. There are four toes on each foot with claw marks present. Claw marks meaning the tracks came from a coyote or a wolf. Based on their size, these look like wolf tracks to me. The scat looks like wolf as well. Wolves leave dropping in the middle of trails to tell other wolves that they have passed through. There is definitely at least one and maybe more wolves nearby. Wolves? Is that what's making that noise? I think so, yes. But look here, in the snow just beside us, can you see what I'm seeing? Yes, I see. More animal tracks, I think, except... Except those ones look like shoe prints, small ones, like those of a little boy. Oh no, do you think we're too late? We have no time to waste. Wait here, and I'll run up ahead. It's too dangerous for us to all go at once. But little bear, we can't stay here all alone. Oh no, reader, he's gone. This adventure is getting pretty scary. And little bear is running right into danger. What should we do? Don't be afraid, Lauren. I read that Wampanoag hung with their father starting at a very early age. I'm sure Little Bear can take care of himself. But, 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 who's going to take care of us? Don't worry, friends. I am back. I didn't see the pilgrim boy, and from the look of his tracks, I think that he may have passed through here a long time ago. But I did find something else. You did? What? The cries echoing through the forest are those of my sister. We call her Wolfie. She has fallen into a pit to trap elk, deer, bears, and wolves. The pit is very deep, and poor Wolfie can't get out. I must rescue her, and if I don't, she will be killed by the trapper who dug the pit or attacked by buzzards when she becomes too weak to defend herself. Will you please follow me to the trap so that we can try to save her before it's too late? Your sister? She's making such terrible sounds. I I thought it was a wild animal. She must be in great danger. Of course we'll help you, little bear. Hurry! Thank you. Follow me this way. Sister Wolfie, don't be afraid. It's me, your brother, Little Bear. I brought friends, and we are here to help. Um, Little Bear, I am so sorry. But your sister may have already been eaten. 
All I see in this pit is a very big and very bad wolf. Spelling bee, that wolf is my sister. That's Wolfie. The animals of the land, the sky and sea are all our brothers and sisters. Oh, but little bear, wolves are wild animals. You said so yourself. If we get too close, won't we be attacked? Wolfie sure looks hungry. Wolfie won't attack us because she's not just my sister. She's also my friend. Wolfie lives near our village and is gentle with members of my tribe. We feed her from our harvest and hunt, and she protects us from danger. Do you mean that Wolfie is your pet, then? I do not know this word, pet. The animals that live in our village are our friends. They protect us by letting us know when strangers are near, and they chase other animals away from the village. And wolves like Wolfie also help us hunt. Wolfie has the very best nose, and she uses it to help us find animals. We are hunting. Trust me, she will not hurt any friend of mine, but we have to help her quickly. Okay, little bear, if you say so, but that pit is very deep. What can we do to get her out? If you hold one end of the strong branch, I'll hold the other end. I'll climb into the pit to reach Wolfie, and I'll need you to help pull Wolfie and me back to safety. Do you think you can do it? Reader, what do you think? Can we help lower little bear into the pit with the wolf and then pull him back up again? It's going to take a lot of work, especially on the slippery, snowy forest floor here. But Wolfie clearly means so much to Little Bear. Little Bear was kind enough to help guide us through the forest, so I think we should help him rescue his friend, don't you? Great, thank you. Wolfie, it won't be long now. Lauren, reader, hold the top of this long branch as I climb into the pit. Great, I'll let you know when I've got Wolfie in my arms. Please pull us up again. Reader, are you ready? Let's pull hard on the branch together to see if we can help Little Bear climb out with Wolfie. Ugh, this is really hard. And I keep slipping. We're pulling as hard as we can. It's working. Keep on pulling. I'm nearly at the top. Quickly, lean over and I'll hand Wolfie up to you. Wait, you'll hand her up to me? But Little Bear, what is... Look at that! She is friendly! She's licking my face just like a dog! That's because she's thankful, and so am I. One more thing to be thankful for... Not um... so fast. Don't move, any of thee. You, Wampanoag boy, come here and leave that wolf where she is. I will be taking all of you back to Plymouth as my prisoners, including you two strangely dressed people. If your savage tribe wants thee back, they will have to return young Oceanus to us, uninjured. Reader, Lauren, look. That must be William Bradford. We heard from Little Bear that he was looking for Oceanus. He's big and strong. Strong enough to catch us if we run, I think. And he's also carrying a large rifle. Thankfully, it's not pointed at us. Or at Little Bear, yet. But I think we should do as he says. We must have wandered too close to Plymouth when we were chasing Wolfie's cries. I think you're right. Look, just through the trees, I can see a small village with a towering ship in the harbor nearby. I bet that's the Mayflower, and that village must be Plymouth. Pilgrim Chief, we do not have your boy, and neither does my tribe. The Wampanoag wishes you no harm. In fact, we are here because we are looking for the boy. What say thee, 
I cannot speak thy native language. English, please. Please, sir, begging your pardon. We are not strange people, although we are strangers. My reader friend and I, as well as our tiny friends here, the reading bug and spelling bee, are adventurers. And we're here with our new friend, Little Bear, looking for Oceanus. We think he may have wandered into the forest. We even found his tracks nearby. Little Bear was telling you that his people do not have the boy, and that they only wish to help you find him. Thanks to thee for translating, but I'm afraid I don't believe thee. Some of our people say they saw several native men in the forest nearby about the time young Oceanus disappeared. How am I to believe they didn't capture or harm him? Pilgrim Chief, let me prove our innocence by finding the lost boy. Wampanoag are skilled trackers, and we have already spotted the boy's tracks. My sister Wolf, Wolfie, has a better nose for tracking than any person or animal. I'm certain the two of us can find the lost child and hopefully prevent any harm from befalling him. Please, Grandfather Sun is beginning to set, and snow is continuing to fall, and we have very little time to find Oceanus before night arrives. What's he saying? Translate! He, he says he can find Oceanus for you and prove that the Wampanoag are not to blame for his disappearance. Little Bear is a skilled tracker. We saw firsthand when he led us through the forests, and his pet Wolfie can help him track the boy's scent. But if we're going to find Oceanus, you'll need to let us all go, now, before the sun sets. I agree that we are running out of time, and although Squanto has taught us about tracking, I still do not possess his skill. Despite all our searching, we have not yet been able to find the boy, and it is growing late. Okay, yes. Please help me find the boy, but I'll be coming with thee to make sure we aren't double-crossed. Yes, yes, I'm sure that will be fine. Thank you. Little Bear, we have permission to find the boy, but William Bradford here will be coming with us. Thank you, my friends. To find the boy, you must stay close to Wolfie and me. Be alert and aware of your surroundings, and be on the lookout for any danger. Let us send a prayer to Mother Earth for a successful journey and the return of the young boy, Oceanus. Lorne, reader, I will send a loud chant through the forest to call the Wampanoag warriors. I believe Wolfie can find the boy, but if we can't, or if any harm has already befallen him, we will need my people to rescue us from the Pilgrim Chief. Can you explain to the Pilgrim Chief that I'm saying a prayer so he doesn't suspect that I'm calling for my people? Enough! What is he saying? The sun is almost setting and we're running out of time to find the boy. Why are you standing here and chanting? Governor Bradford, just a moment longer, please. Little Bear is offering up a prayer for a successful mission to find Oceanus. I know that he prays differently than you do, but the prayer is important to him and to our success. Okay, I understand. But please make it speedy. We must find the boy. Thank you. Go ahead, Little Bear. Okay. Great spirits, please carry my voice to the air to tell the Wampanoag of their son, Little Bear. We've been captured by the pilgrims, we're prisoners here, and we won't be returned till their child reappears. They think that we took him because we're different from them, and unless he returns, this fight will not end. I'll search with the pilgrim to help find the child, but if we can't find him, we will all be reviled. And if he's been harmed by a wolf or a bear, we'll need your assistance to get out of here. Send Wampanoag warriors to help us to flee. Please hurry to help us. Please hear my plea. Okay, enough of this. Thee said thyself that we must hurry, and thou art wasting my time. Let's go! Lorne, reader, bugs, I've not heard a response from my village. I don't think they've heard me. Without the Wampanoag warriors to help, we may never escape this pilgrim chief. 
Can you help me? Of course we can. But how? Repeat after me, as loud as you can, so our voices can carry on the wind back to my village. Great spirits, please carry our voice through the air. Great spirits, please carry our voice through the air. We've been captured by pilgrims. We're prisoners here. We've been captured by pilgrims. We're prisoners here. Send Wampanoag warriors to help us flee. Send Wampanoag warriors to help us flee. Please hurry to help us. Please hear our plea. Please hurry to help us. Please hear our plea. Listen, it's the Wampanoag. They've heard us. Thank you for your help. Do thee hear that? Is that thy people? What are they doing? Uh, hear what, Governor Bradford? Hurry, we must go now if we're going to find Oceanus. Let's let Little Bear lead our way. Now, Sister Wolfie, let's find the Pilgrim Boy. Look! At Little Bear's direction, Wolfie is sniffing around the area where he saw the small footprints in the snow. And now she's moving slowly into the forest, following a scent, maybe. Quickly, let's follow. I think Wolfie has found something now. I'm sure of it. She's galloping off into the forest. G-A-L-L-O-P-I-N-G. Quickly, we'll all need to run to keep up. You too, Governor Bradford. Let's go. She's running so fast. It's hard to keep up, although Little Bear doesn't seem to have any problem. Whoa, look out. There's a lot of low-hanging branches this way. Do what Little Bear is doing and swing your arms back and forth in front of you to help clear the path. Like this. Back and forth. Back and forth. Great. Ooh. Ouch. Ah. Oh, no. Look ahead. Up ahead is a muddy bog. It's slippery, too, because the layer of snow on top is beginning to ice over. But Little Bear and Wolfie are going right through it. Do what they do and lift your knees high into the air as you run. That's it. Yuck. Oh, hey, wait for me. Wait. Everybody, stop. Look, Wolfie has stopped straight ahead and is staring right into a dark, spooky cave. Does she want us to... Go inside? I don't know, reader. There could be something dangerous in there. What was that? I think it came from inside the cave. Do you think it's another wolf? Or a hungry coyote? C-O-Y-O-T-E? If the boy went that way, he may be in danger. But if we go in, we may be in trouble too, little bear. What should we do? Move aside. I'll charge in and face the danger with my gun. No, no, wait. Remember that a little boy's life is at stake. Just follow me, and we'll tiptoe quietly until we can determine what's inside. Here we go. Shh. Tiptoe. 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 Governor Bradford, keep quiet and follow Little Bear. It's pretty dark in here, Little Bear. Are you sure we're safe? Well, I'll be... Look! Reader, reading bug, B! Look! That wasn't a wild animal whimpering at all! Wolfie has found a hungry, sleepy, dirty little boy! Mama? Papa? Oceanus, we've found you! We're going to take you to your mama and papa right now! 
You are safe! Praise be to Grandmother Moon and Grandfather Sun. I have so much to be thankful for. A good harvest that will feed us through the winter. My new time traveler friends who helped me rescue Wolfie. And now we have found Oceanus. Oceanus wasn't very far from his home, but I don't think we could have found him hiding in this cave without the help of Wolfie. Great work, girl. Great work indeed. To all of thee. Little bear, was it? Seems I owe thee and thy people an apology. Will all of thee come back to Plymouth with me to attend our Thanksgiving celebration as my guests of honor? Quickly, let's get out of this cold, dark cave and hurry back to Plymouth together before the sun sets. I'll carry little Oceanus with me. Watch thy step as thou walk through the dark cave through the light. This bog is even more slippery than it was before. Reader, Little Bear, Oceanus, try to stay on top and skate across it to avoid the muddy slime underneath. Wait, work! Governor Bradford, I'm so glad that Little Bear was able to find Little Oceanus. It's so dangerous here. Why did you and the other pilgrims make such a long and dangerous journey from England to America? We bug? Most of us came for religious freedom. In England, everyone has to belong to the Church of England. But my family didn't want to because we are Puritans. Puritans are also Christians, but we do not belong to the Church of England. Some Puritans moved to Holland, where they could worship the way they wanted without the threat of being thrown in jail. But it is difficult to get good-paying jobs in Holland, especially if you cannot speak Dutch. So my family and many other Puritans decided to make the trip here to America. My friends, we've reached the part of the forest with the low-hanging branches. Remember to swing your arms back and forth in front of you to help clear the way, just like this, back and forth, back and forth. Great work. Moving all the way to America is a really big change, Governor Bradford. How long did it take you to travel here? We set sail on the Mayflower on September 6, 1620. And we spotted land on November 9th after sailing for 65 days. But there was one big problem. We weren't where we were supposed to be. We wanted to land in New York, but sea storms had blown us farther north. Some of my fellow travelers wanted to go to New York, but it was winter, and many of us were very sick with something called scurvy. So we decided to stay right here. Scurvy? S-C-U-R-V-E-Y. That's a disease that is caused by not eating enough vegetables. That's right, Bee. Look, up ahead. I think I see the town of Plymouth through the trees. Yes, it is our village. Oceanus's parents and all the rest of the village will be overjoyed that we're back. When we landed here, we quickly found a good place to settle. The land was already cleared and farmed, but our first winter was still tough. It was colder than we had expected, freezing cold, and our food was almost gone. But those of us who could kept on building. We had planned on building 19 houses, but we wound up building only seven very small houses, as you can see. Once spring arrived, we made an agreement to be friends with the Wampanoag, who taught us how to hunt and farm here. We would not have survived without their help. Oh, wait! Stop! What is this? Standing between us and our village, there are at least four score Wampanoag warriors. Why are they here? Thou hast tricked me. This is an ambush. Help! 
Help! Man the cannons! It's an invasion! No, no, stop! It's not a trick or a trap, I promise. Little Bear called for his people, it's true, but only to help rescue him if we couldn't find Oceanus for you. Once Little Bear tells them he's safe, I'm sure they'll let us pass. Please, please, no cannon fire. We should be celebrating Oceanus's return and our friendship. Little Bear, call off your warriors and I'll call off mine. It's okay, I'm okay. We found the missing pilgrim boy. Stand down, stand down. These are friends. They've helped us find young Oceanus and return him safely. Oceanus, thou art back. Let's get thee back to our cottage for a hot meal and a washing. Mama, mama, mama. Wolfie and Little Bear found our lost boy. Let us all give thanks together for his return. Lauren, Reader, Little Bear, Bugs, tell thy people to join us for the first celebration as well. Only 50 of us have survived our first winter in Plymouth, and our hearts would have broken if we lost this darling young boy. And my, it looks like there are almost 100 Wampanoag warriors here. Let us bring out the tables, the benches, the chairs, and even small barrels and baskets so that we can seat everyone, pilgrims and Wampanoag, together. We gratefully accept your invitation. Wampanoag, bring the five deer we had prepared for our Thanksgiving celebration. Bring the wild turkey, sea bass, corn, beans, and squash too. We will celebrate the boy's return and our friendship with these pilgrims here together. My friend Massasoit, it is good to see you again. I owe thee and thy entire tribe an apology. Before we begin our feast, let us thank God for his bounty. Without join me in giving thanks, our dearest Father in heaven above, Great Spirit, we thank thee for sending thy love. Our hearts are full of thanksgiving today. We praise Grandfather Son for lighting our way. Thank thee for our Indian friends who helped us this year. Thank thee for all living things that we share. Only 50 of us survived the winter, and we have shed many a tear. We thank thee for the creatures who swim in the sea and fly in the air. Today, Today there, is there is no mine or yours. There is only we who pray for this sacred land and our shared community. Welcome to all. Come join our feast. After we eat, we will sing and dance, run races and have wrestling matches. We will play keep away and blind men's bluff. And in the evenings, we will play checkers by the campfire. Our celebration will not end until the sun has set three times. We have endured great hardship this year. It is now time for a great celebration. Different too. They were as different as me and as you. Without our differences, we'd all be the same. And that would be boring. It'd be such a shame. 
Together we celebrate being different. Differences give us diversity. I am thankful we are different. So I learn from you, and you learn from me. We'll celebrate proudly so the whole world can see what makes you you and what makes me me. Let's all give our thanks for differences that we share. Not just on Thanksgiving, all the time, everywhere. Together we celebrate being different. That's what makes us special, you see. I am thankful we are different. So you can be you, and I can be me. Wow, what a Thanksgiving! A celebration of friendship, of family, and of all of our similarities and differences. There's a reason Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and it's not just the pumpkin pie. We'd love to stay, but it's getting late, and this tired group of time travelers needs to head for our home. We will never forget any of you on this special day. Wolfie and I thank you for being here with us today and for helping us find little Oceanus. Lauren, reader, thy clothes are odd and thy talking bug friends are perplexing, but we are proud to have welcomed thee as guests in this new country. Thank you, Little Bear and Governor Bradford. We'll never forget how welcoming the Wampanoag were to four time-traveling strangers. And I can't wait to tell my friends and family about how the Wampanoag helped the pilgrims survive the winter and joined them at their very first Thanksgiving. Every time I celebrate Thanksgiving with my family and friends, I'll think about how, even though we're different, Little Bear and I both love Thanksgiving. Okay, are you ready? Let's all flap our wings and fly back home together. Hop three times with me, then into my book bag. Here we go. One hop, two hops, three hops, and we're in. We've had a big adventure within our book bag. And I think we saved the day We'll see you next time Goodbye book bag Now it's time to fly away Reading bug, spelling bee, reader I'm so grateful that we visited both the Pilgrims and Wampanoag today And I'm delighted that our adventure had such a happy ending We made friends with Little Bear and helped him rescue Wolfie Who helped us find Oceanus then the pilgrims invited the Wampanoag warriors and all of us to join for a Thanksgiving celebration. I hope that everything stays just the way it was today. Lauren, today was a wonderful day. But sadly, the friendship between the pilgrims and the native people was not always friendly. I read in What Was the First Thanksgiving by Joan Holub that as more and more English settlers moved to America, they began to take over the areas where the Wampanoag had always farmed, fished, and hunted. The settlers' animals trampled the Wampanoag's cornfields, and their settlements pushed the Native American people out of their homes and villages. The pilgrims came to believe that God wanted them to claim the land in America for their own, and disputes between the English settlers and the Native people over the land even led to a war in 1675, called King Philip's War. Many people were killed on both sides, but in less than a year, almost all of the Native villages in the colony of Massachusetts were destroyed and the Wampanoag lost their freedom, their families, and their way of life. That's awful, Reading Bug. It was clear that the differences between the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag were hard for each other to understand, but I was hopeful the Thanksgiving celebration was the beginning of a better understanding between the two. 
Let's be sure to illustrate what we saw and experienced today to show our friends and family how the Pilgrims in Wampanoag were able to embrace their differences, at least for a little while, and find some common ground. Like Massasoit and Governor Bradford said, we should give thanks and share our many blessings with each other, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day of the year. Since that first Thanksgiving, many, many more people have come to America from all around the world. One of the books I've read, Molly's Pilgrim, is the story of a Jewish girl named Molly whose family came to America from Russia, just like the pilgrims arrived here long ago, seeking peace and freedom that they didn't have in their countries. In Molly's Pilgrim, the author explains that the pilgrims got the idea for Thanksgiving from Jews like Molly and her mama, who had been celebrating a Jewish harvest holiday called Sukkot for hundreds of years. I especially love the book's ending when Molly realizes that it takes all kinds of pilgrims to make a Thanksgiving. You're right, Reading Bug. We are all pilgrims. A long time ago, my mother's family came from Eastern Europe, and my father's family came from Ireland to make a better life for themselves and their children in America. Reader, do you know what country your family came from? I can't wait to tell the story of all that we learned about Native Americans and the pilgrims on our adventure back in time. Me too. And if you enjoyed today's adventure and want to learn more about the pilgrims, Native Americans, or their first Thanksgiving together, you can read any of the books in my book bag. A complete list can be found at thereadingbug.com adventures. And I hope you draw some exciting illustrations of our adventure today, reader. Or maybe you'll choose to draw pictures of your family and their heritage instead. Hey, we're back. You're right, Reading Bug. Reading Bug, B, we're back home safe and sound, having learned all about Thanksgiving. You know, I'm really thankful to have good friends like you to adventure with because when you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. Thank you for joining us on our adventure today, reader. The Reading Bug, Spelling Bee, and I have to go now. But we can't wait to see you on our next Reading Bug adventure. Bye-bye. See you next time. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations, too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, Riley, Brandon, and Jack Savage, Paul Gruet, Katie Jelniak, and Arthur Graff. Original music was written by me and my brother, Ross Gruet. And sound mixing and mastery was by Resonate Recordings. 
The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. And please support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by continuing to shop with us or your local independent bookseller. Thank you. Goodbye.
Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com.